Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You, ooh, you, ooh, are a natural beauty. You, ooh, you, ooh, are a natural beauty, natural beauty. Natch Butte, Natch Butte, Natch Butte, Natch Butte, oh yeah. Welcome everybody, welcome to Natch Butte. Here we are, entertain us baby, okay? We're in quarantine, we're fleeing the cities, we're doing our best, we're putting on sunscreen, we're doing eye cream, we're sheet masking, we're doing whatever we need to do to survive and stay sane. (laughs) <laughs> and I have an amazing guest today, but before I get to her, if this is your first episode of Nash Butte, hello and welcome. My name is Jackie Johnson, and I am your host. I am the beauty talk shock jock, the queen of creams, your host with the most serums, the freshest fringe on the West Coast, even though I am in Delaware, honey. Yes. I'm your favorite over 30 niche influencer, your kooky Southern aunt, and the pop punk princess. Welcome to Nash Butte. My guest today, oh my gosh, y'all are always coming at me saying, um, can you please have a dermatologist on, okay? Because you you don't know what you're talking about, and we need the facts, sweetie. We need somebody that is educated. We need somebody with um, a degree. We need somebody with a career. We need somebody who can tell us what's really going on with our skin. We need somebody to help us with our aging. We need somebody to tell us, hey, what should I get injected? What should I not? What should I leave alone? I have somebody here that we can finally all trust, and y'all are so happy. Y'all are going to be thanking me for a year for this interview, okay? Today, I have... I'm just going to say, first of all, her skin is the most beautiful skin I've ever seen. I mean, truly, it's so beautiful. I'm going to ask her if she ever guesses it. But before I get to that, let me just tell you, she's the pillow talk derm, honey. Okay, if you ever watch her IG stories on Instagram, her IG lives, the pillow talk derm is here. She's a board certified dermatologist and she specializes in facial aesthetics and rejuvenation. Okay, and you can go see her right now if you'd like at Union Square Laser Dermatology in New York City. But you don't have to go see her because guess what? She's here on Nashville right now. Please welcome Dr. Shireen Idris. Welcome, Dr. Shireen. Oh, my God. That was the nicest introduction, and I feel like I need to rap because you're practically Go ahead. I don't know how to rap, but you're practically a rapper, and that was very on cue and rhythm, so I'm very impressed. Thank you for that oh, intro. Well, you know what? I did just watch Hamilton for the first time, so maybe that's what's going on. very my inspired. Body. That's like very Hamilton-esque. Good. Maybe I'll write a skincare musical. Maybe I will. And Dr. Shireen, you'll have to help me with it because you know what you're talking about. Thank you for coming and welcome to Natch Butte. Thank you so much for having me. The first thing I ask every guest is what type of skin do you have? And again, I want to just piggyback off that and ask, do you ever get zits? Because again, every time I see you on Instagram, I'm looking at you right now on the camera. The skin is looking fresh. Thank do you. what type of skin do you have slash do you ever get zits i mean i'm human and i definitely get zits especially post friday night margarita that zit always pops up on saturday it's like it, it always comes up every saturday to say hello uh, especially since quarantine and uh, i would say i probably have combination skin in that in the sense that it's dry ish but come my period i can get very oily or if i'm nervous i can get very oily very fast um, so I don't love categorizing skin types, but if I had to, I'd probably stick myself a little bit in both buckets. 
I love that you say you don't like categorizing skin. Personally, on Nash Beat, we say all the time it's just marketing. Um, it's just trying to sell to people. I, I ask the question open. Um, sometimes people say, my skin is feminine. My skin is powerful. I, you know, people uh-huh. can interpret the question as they will. So uh-huh. great answer. Um, the next thing I want to ask you is my new question. What's your favorite color? Ooh, I think it depends on my mood. It totally depends on my mood, but I always fluctuate towards like the fuchsias, pinks, rose tones, more so than anything. I don't know. They just make me happy. Um, but it really depends on my mood. Sometimes I'm into like a winter white. I don't know if white is color, but I really- Of course it is. Um, and then I love monochromatic looks. So anything that's head to toe one color, sign me up. Very chic. What is your favorite thing about yourself? About me? Mm, I think my favorite thing about myself, which is such a, you know, I've never really had that question asked, is um, my- I stumped you. You did. But I would say, (laughs) honestly, my honesty, because it just does not get me into trouble. I'm always consistent with my answers because they're just coming from a place of honesty you know, of truth, especially even with patients, like a patient comes in and I always, I never look at my notes before I see the patient. I just kind of come in and kind of assess based on what I'm seeing. Then I go back and they're always like, that's what you said last time. Or maybe we should, that's, you said it was going to improve this. Did I say that? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, well, at least I'm consistent. So I think just coming from a place of just being honest and true to yourself will keep you consistent in life. So I feel like that's probably the thing I like the most about myself. I think being in the medical profession and saying that you're honest is really refreshing and wonderful because especially in like aesthetic work in LA, there's, I've had so many predatory experiences. So just hearing that, I'm like, I'm already at ease. I think that's a really wonderful quality and should be the top quality for somebody who's going to be, um, you know, it's you fixing know, your face. hundred percent. And I can only imagine what you've experienced if it's similar to what my patients have experienced, whether it's LA or not LA, because I don't want to hate on LA. Right. Um, I do. LA sucks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, I have like, I love it there. I love it. There's a California dream in my head of palm trees. And like, you know, so I want to keep that utopia in my head. Yes. Um, yes. But I will say this, when it comes to aesthetics, I think it's a, you can cross very murky lines if you land on somebody who is not well-intentioned. And I think that's why I keep saying it. Find the person that you vibe with, that you gel with, that you trust, and who's going to keep you in check. Because if you're doing aesthetics like myself and you're doing it from a place of love, really, truly, and I don't want to sound cliche, I really think in a place of honesty where you're really trying to understand the other person's perspective and how they want to proceed then it can only be a win-win combination. If you're doing it to pay the bills or just to gain more or not for the right reasons, then, I mean, I always tell my patients, you're my walking billboards. I would never want to do something to you that I would not stand behind, you know? And so I think that's very important. That's a great answer. And what great advertising, walking billboards. What a great idea. But they are. I mean, literally. Oh, no, it's very true. The name isn't stamped on their face, you know, or on their lips unless they say it, but... I know who I've done and I know who I haven't. So I feel like, and if they do end up speaking, I want to be proud that they're going to say my name. So say my name, say my name. <laughs> I was Dr. waiting. Cherie. I said that to you. I put that on a silver platter and I was like, if you're going to start, because I, I feel like you need to. Of course. Of sing. course. I'm going to volley that one over the net, honey. I, that was fed. Okay. To you. <laughs> yes. And I, and I ate it. Uh, okay. So, 
is it okay if I call you Dr. Shireen? You can call me Shireen. Okay, we love. Shireen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so out of all the fields that you wanted to go into medically, what made you choose dermatology when you decided your career path? You know, I was, um, so I got accepted into medical school at, how I was actually 16 and I started undergrad at 17. So I was 16 because it was a seven-year program. So it was a straight shot from high school into medical school. I was really lucky. Wow. Um, but I've always been very you know, artistically inclined. I used to like sit down and make sculptures out of cardboards on Saturdays. I was kind of a loner sometimes as a kid. Um, I would just really paint, use my hands a lot to create stuff. I loved seeing stuff that I could physically create. And when I applied to the program, I actually applied hoping to do plastic surgery because I just thought that's exactly what I want to do. I just want to, you know, kind of transform in that sense. And it wasn't until probably, I think my second year of undergrad, my sister developed really bad eczema. And so um, I went with her to the dermatologist and it was almost like not love at first sight because her eczema was, you know, I felt really bad, but it was love at first like experience, you know, within the dermatology field, just to see how somebody can come in, see something, help that person through it. But then also my eyes were opened up to a whole other world of helping people, you know, it was my interpretation of it, obviously, but look the best that they only, only they can look without changing them. And that for me was very, um, it was very much like a aha moment where I was like, if I can help people really kind of attain better versions of themselves without totally transforming, you know, because I've had my own personal insecurities growing up, um, that could be so cool. And that's literally how I started getting into dermatology. Then I started shadowing that specific dermatologist in DC. And then I just took a year off between my second and third year of med school to do research within the field, actually studying uh, psoriasis and the psychosocial impact of um, online communities and how it can help patients do better in the long term, you know, if they have a support group. Um, and so that kind of, you know, took on its own home field by itself. And then I was really fortunate when I applied to get in because it's very hard to get in. And so I was so, so blessed and so lucky that, you know, it was like never turning back. That's really cool about the online community. I feel like, um, especially current day times, that's something that semi knew. Like I did Accutane when I was 22 mm-hmm. and I remember just Googling it and seeing like before and afters. Um, but now there's full-blown YouTube videos of like people on their journeys with it and they put up uh, update videos every month. And I was just like, wow, this would have been such a great resource when I was, you know, doing my Accutane. I did this, I'm going to sound old, but I did that research in 2006, 2007. So you're talking about 14, 15 years ago, 13 years ago, something like that. Um, at the time, it wasn't like YouTube was as big as it is. Right. Not to me, at least. I remember Amazon was just coming out. I had ordered a box of cereal, Count Chocula cereal from Amazon. <laughs> and I remember the, uh, my colleagues at work were like, you're ordering cereal from the internet? Can't you just go to the supermarket? You're so lazy. And I was like, no, I can't find Count Chocula. So I found it on Amazon. It was kind of a new you know, frontier. And so looking at online support groups, which now seems like, oh, that was her recent. You know what I mean? It's so outdated. Right. Um, because it's so readily available today was very, very um, new. And so it was definitely interesting to see that correlation. That's when I did my Accutane was 2007. Oh, really? That's it. You see, you had nothing there. Like there was nothing for you to turn to. 
No, there was nothing. I just figured it out. I, that's, I think it, the, the kids these days, they don't know how good they have it. <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> it's really so old and bitter, but it's true. Like they really don't. Yeah. They're so lucky that they have so much valuable information at their fingertips. They sure do. And an, uh, such a big community. Uh, again, just hashtags. You can search for people, you know, doing what you're doing, going through what you're going through. It's really beautiful. Yeah, it really is. Empowering. Can you tell us, as we age, uh-huh. what happens to your face? All right. <laughs> Let's start this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's so. so many spots. And just generally, like, if you, if, you had to, if you were at a dinner party, you know, and somebody says, hey, what, do you, what, what would you say? So I could describe it in an analogy form for you. And I could describe it as well, like, in a timely fashion for you as well. So you could think of your face almost like a couch, all right? You buy a brand new couch. It's structurally sane. It's nice and plump. The fabric is nice and taut. You know what I mean? It's There's no stains on it. No stains. Brand new. Oh, like wrinkles on it. The cat it. hasn't scratched it up yet. No one peed on it. It's like <laughs> nice and puffy, you know, and just like pristine, correct? So that's yep. your your face is hopefully always pristine. But as we age and as the couch ages, things start to kind of shift. So if I were to liken the actual structural element of the couch to your bone structure, although you know couches maybe 100 years from today become a little bit weaker because the wood actually falls apart, your bones as you age, women faster than men, tends to recede and get thinner, okay? And you know this, you see your grandmother, she's shrinking over time and her face is kind of changing over time. And so the couch, as the couch structure can kind of fall apart over time, I don't like the word fall apart, but age, your bone structure can also change. So that's first and foremost. And is there anything I can really do for your bone structure as you age? No, because it's really genetics. It's based on how you're taking care of yourself, making sure you're having enough calcium, but it's really genetically pre-decided, okay? Once you're made in utero. So that's number one. Then going back to the couch analogy, if you think of the fabric of the couch as your skin covering, the fabric itself can get stained, like you said, and that could be like the sunspots. It can change color. It can get a little bit more lax over time with wear and tear. And same goes for your skin. You can develop sunspots. You can develop laxity, etc. And then the cushioning of your couch is really your volume. When you first buy a couch, it's nice and fluffy. And over time, as you use it, that fluff sort of, you know, lessons. And that could be like into the volume in your face. So when I have patients coming in and we're talking about the aging process, I usually tell them there's usually five things that happens to your face as you get older. Number one, lines and wrinkles. So think of the fabric of your couch. You know, I can help you with that with certain medications, toxins, etc. Number two is staining on the fabric of your couch. So staining on your face, brown spots, red spots, discoloration that makes you look ruddy. Number three is the volume shifting in your face. So that's like the cushions in your couch. Like the volumes as we age are going to shrink and drop, causing your face to sag or sink. Number four is the laxity. So the fabric, is it tight? Is it not tight? And number five is the bone structure. So those are the things. And if you can't remember them, think of a couch. It's an easier way to think of it. Um, So that's pretty much what happens, you know, and it's not pleasant, but it's very, we're very fortunate if it does happen because we're lucky we lived a long life. That's right. You know? And so it's a, it's a champagne problem to have because if you're in the position of basically 
aging a certain way because you're able to and you want to, it's, your, it's a champagne problem to have. Although for some people, I do think it plays a very dramatic role on their psyche. So it's not just a champagne problem, you know, it's a bare necessity for some. And so um, that's sort of the aging process. And usually I think there are three major peaks, at least from what I've noticed within my patient base. The first happens really in your late 20s, early 30s, where I've heard it time and time again that in the last six months, my face looks different and I can't pinpoint it, but I don't, I look, I don't know, more tired in pictures. They don't say older, they say tired. I just look different. Then the second one happens in your late 30s, early 40s, where over a month period, they're like, in the last month, I don't know, my face just took a hit, I must be stressed, it must be this, I don't know, but it's in a month period. And then I get the major panickers that come in in their late 40s that say, hey, I woke up and overnight I do not recognize myself. Yeah, and I look I, like an old, an old person overnight. Yeah, like, who is this person in the mirror? And so I feel like those are the three big peaks in life. And after that, you kind of unfortunately or fortunately accept it and just kind mm-hmm. of work with it. And so um, that happens as your face is slowly progressing over time, if that makes sense. Did I just blabber yep. a lot? No, that I'm made so much sense. I, it did? Okay. Yes, that was beautiful. Is going, I just start blabbering and then I'm like, I don't know if the person's paying attention. Okay. Nope, I'm, we're, I'm here. We're okay. all here and we loved it. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Oh, yeah. So if you, okay, let's say you have, you have patients come in and these are the things they say to you, you know, I look different. I look tired. Um, and I'm sure you see people in, you know, that sort of demographic you just said, um, in terms of their ages, but what would you say is like the treatment, the filler, the injectable that is most popularly used or is your favorite or is the most that you end up recommending? It's really a very much a case-by-case basis, depending on, not to sound like annoying, it's not like I'm trying to hold anything back, but it's like, it just depends on the patient. It depends mm-hmm. on the bone structure. It depends on their volume in their face. And it depends on what they've had done and you know where they're at. Because I have a lot of patients who come to me to have, quote unquote, reversing or fixing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it really depends. And I think the biggest one it depends on is the connection I have with the patient and how comfortable I am with that patient sitting in front of me and how comfortable I am with their mental well-being. Because some people come in and I don't think they can handle the change. At least it's a personal thing, obviously. And I have a very honest conversation with them about whether or not I am the right person for them if I am not comfortable with them. And other people come in who might need way more and are very you know, open to it and there's a good chemistry and there's a good click. And I feel as a physician who's also doing something a little bit more artistic, you have to feel comfortable with your patient as important as it is for them to feel comfortable with you. Because right. if I feel like I'm walking on eggshells with a patient, I cannot perform to the best of my ability either. And so it really depends on that as well. Um, but it's a combination of things. I don't, I don't have a go-to. It really it depends on the person that's sitting in front of me. 
And what I, when I look at them, and I tell them this is obviously subjective, but when I look at right. you, I think X, Y, or Z is probably your biggest issue if you want to address that first. And we usually go that way. And I'm like, hopefully this is a longer term relationship and we can evolve from that. But I don't like throwing a bunch of things at patients when they first come in. Fair, very fair. Um, but if we were talking about you, mm-hmm. like as a, as a patient, mm-hmm. is there a favorite treatment that you've had or something that you've done on yourself? Because I read in your Into the Gloss article that you actually do your own injectables. Is that true? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I do. Oh my God, that is wild. I don't know if it's wild or a mental sickness because I just like have control issues, but I, I do take care of myself. Um, I will tell you, I mean, I have done so many little things along the way in passing that I feel like the combination has been what causes the, you know, the most optimum result. Um, I love Althera because I do that probably every two years. I did it. Ooh, I don't know about that. I thought I knew everything. Althera is ultrasound tightening of the skin. Oh, I want that. And I love it <laughs> because I did it before I got pregnant each time because I wanted to feel like I was doing something for myself that was going to work for me while I was pregnant and I couldn't do anything. And so I want And I also know that with pregnancy, you gain weight, you lose weight, you lose the elasticity in your skin. So I wanted to do a treatment that was going to help keep my skin tighter over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did Althera literally like two weeks before my implantation through IVF, <laughs> both times. Um, and I really love that treatment. And is that a, a laser? It's, a, it's not a laser. It's a heating device, an ultrasound um, heating device. And um, I love, what else do I love? I mean, Fraxel, nothing beats the feeling when you have that fresh skin a week or so after the Fraxel and you're literally glowing. It's just so, so powerful. And And for people who don't know, what is Fraxel? Fraxel is a laser. Fraxel is a laser. There are different types of Fraxels. So it's kind of like a bucket name. But the Fraxel that I did targets pigmentation because I have a lot of little sunspots on my face. And so probably once a year in the fall, I'll do a Fraxel laser just to kind of help debulk some of that pigmentation. And And you do it on yourself? This is, I do it on myself for some areas. Other areas, I'll have a colleague help me out because I want to cover my eyes. Um, Injectables, I do everything myself. Um, as someone who's had a lot of injectables I can't imagine doing them on yourself I really can't I mean will you stand in a mirror I stand with a mirror and mirror is kind of like at a 90 degree angle so I could see different angles and it's uh it's mind over matter you know the mind controls Mm -hmm. the body at that point really truly Uh, yeah I'm much slower when I inject myself but I take my time but I also do not allow myself to inject myself more than twice a year because I right. don't end up losing um, a sense of self and losing track of my own proportions. And so I am very, very, very strict on myself at not doing it more than that. Yeah, because I could see how you could be like every day, you'd be like, oh, I'll put a little more here. I'll put a little more here. And then well, I mean, it's funny. It's yeah. like it's like people who come in, patients who come in who want lip filler. And they're like, oh, no, I don't want lip filler because I'm so scared. I'm going to look like a ducky. And then we do it. And it looks so natural. They're like, do you think we need more? And I'm like, oh, take a step back. You just went from zero to 100 in like a split second, you know, less is more. And so it's very easy to just kind of take what you see and want more, want more, thinking it's going to be better, but it's not. And so you have to be very careful with that. I relate to that a lot because I did a half syringe of um, Restyl and Refine on my lips. And then I was like, I need more. I need more. Like my girl will not, she goes, I will not put anything in you for a year. I respect that. 
Yeah. And she moved to Pennsylvania, so I need somebody new. <laughs> Damn you, Lena. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but you're her. in I'm Denver. Her. Pretty close right now. That's Don't think I haven't thought about renting a car and driving to see her. I might do it. Or I'll come see you. Okay, my next question. She knows her face better because she's taking care of you. Yeah, and I could tell you, I, at some point, if we have time, I might tell you everything I've done. Because really, this is just a personal consultation that I'm asking <laughs> as an episode of my show. But, but we'll get to that. Okay. The, I want to get into something a little controversial. And I'm very excited about this, honestly. Again, uh, you did a great Into the Gloss. Uh, everybody Google it. Um, you, I think you're my fourth guest that's had an Into the Gloss. So um, Into the Gloss, please call me because I am ready for mine. Uh-huh. You said that you haven't had a facial in 14 years and you sort of said you don't really believe in them. And I find this fascinating and I really want to hear your take on this. So what is like your personal philosophy with facials? So this is the deal with facials. I... The reason I don't believe in that. Look at her fucking skin. I mean, to the two people on this call, Rebecca and Jessica, <laughs> just look at her damn skin, okay? So we, wh- why, do I, why am I getting facials? <laughs> Explain this to us. This is the thing with facials. Listen, if you're doing the facials because you enjoy them and they're giving you mental yes. sanity and they're giving you something to look forward to and they're empowering you in whatever way, shape or form you feel that they're empowering you, God bless, enjoy your facials, Okay. If you're doing facials because they are your crutch and you think that you are relying on your facials to have good skin, that is when I do not believe in facials because I think your skin renews itself every 28 days or so. And a facial's effects only lasts a certain amount of time that I do really believe in people empowering with themselves with the knowledge that they need in order to make their skin better. And I think facials, there is a place and time for facials. Do not get me wrong. There are amazing estheticians that I work with that I have tremendous respect for. And a lot of, some of whom I actually had on one night stand who've been nominated. Um, but I don't, and I, have to, I say it to their face as well. I don't, I'm not speaking behind their back. I, and they agree. Having a facial should be, you know, that added bonus, that added luxury, that added, you know, weapon that you have for having that glowy glass skin if, you know, you have an event. But it shouldn't be your mainstream for having good skin every day. Right. Very fair. That makes perfect sense. And that's not as salacious of an answer as I was hoping, but uh, that's very fair and makes sense. My second year of med school, I was under a lot of stress and I would go and get these facials because I had major whiteheads on my chin because I was always putting pressure on my chin while studying. I do that all the time. And they kind of build up on the crease. And so I used to go get all of these facials and they kept coming back. And literally it wasn't until after that, once I started taking care of my skin, because I, you know, I was a little, given that I'm interested in dermatology, I, never, I wasn't somebody who always had a million products growing up or even in my early 20s. Um, that's when my skin just did a 180 and started getting better. It's because I was learning how to care for it. And I realized all of those facials, you know, were not what was going to lead me to my end goal. And that's really when I changed my mind. And I think the last facial I had was when I was 21. So that now is like almost 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. It's like, don't think a facial is going to just completely, you know, rejuvenate your your skin, you need a, a disciplined routine. Exactly. And don't think a gua right. is going to make you look like a fetus. And don't think a jade roller is going to get your cream into your skin. You know what I mean? Like, it's all about doing a little bit of everything, you know, consistently over time. And there's no miracle. That sort of answers my next question. Um, you did an interview with The Cut, and you said dermatology is privilege. 
um, which you, we were already kind of discussing that uh, so far. But um, so for everyone listening out there who maybe doesn't have that privilege, mm-hmm. you had just said, um, you know, educating yourself. But what do you recommend they do to have their best skin? And again, you sort of just answered this. Yeah, I mean, dermatology, I said, is a privilege because there aren't that many dermatologists and it's hard to get into C1 and have insurance cover it, et cetera. And especially when it comes to cosmetics, right? It's not covered. And so it is, you know, it's a luxury that if people are lucky to have, they're lucky to have. Um, that being said, this is why I do Pillow Talk on Instagram because I'm trying right. to help people understand their skin conditions and understand what they have more than just, you know, having to rely on somebody, myself included. And so I feel like digging a little deeper, you know, if you can sit down and find out what Taylor Swift's favorite food is and color and whatever, you know what I mean? And know her life out for like whoever, you know, is listening. Maybe Taylor Swift is, you know, passe. I don't know who's new, Um, you know, like then you can sit down and find out like what it is that your skin is responding to. And I always tell people the most important person to be patient with is yourself. So learn your skin, try one product at a time, understand how you respond to that product before adding another. You're, you know, this is a marathon. It's not a race. So instead of like stalking my ex's ex, I could try to figure out what, why my skin is reacting to my cleanser. Your skin's probably reacting to your cleanser because you're stalking your ex's ex. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a given. I'm not stalking my ex's ex, just so y'all know I was using that as an example. <laughs> that would be a waste of time anyway. Like your ex's ex, who cares? Total waste of time. You know, just focus on your own garden. Yes. Focus on your own garden, everybody. <laughs> focus on your Please. own garden. Yeah, before you go looking at other people. Okay. I'm still going to call you Dr. Shireen just because, again, I don't have doctors on here and I'm trying to legitimize myself. Okay, Dr. Shireen, I have a question about thread lifts. Okay. Because I feel like I've brought them up on my show a lot and for a long time I was calling them the strings because Uh I just didn't know. And I've watched a bunch of YouTubes. Um, I'm wondering, do you perform them and how do you feel about them in general? Because I've almost got them right before COVID. Um, so I'm very curious what you think as an expert, do we love them? Do we hate them? Are they still figuring them out? What's the tea? I feel like, so thread lifts used to be a major fad in the early 2000s, right? And I did not know that went out of style because they were not, you know, super well engineered. A lot of complications came up with them. So whatever is new is old. You know, what, what was old is new. What was new is mm-hmm. new, all that stuff. And so they came back and they came back, you know, version 10.0, um, you know, much more seamless, much more transparent, et cetera. That being said, there's probably one or two brands that I don't, I'm not going to name brands, but that I don't love to use because I found the risk of complications to be higher. However, do I use them? Absolutely. Certain ones, um, because I find them to be more seamless and much more elegant within the face. And depending on the structure of your face, your skin quality, what your issues are, I do think there is a place for them. I just think people have to approach a little bit with caution when you're talking about threads, because you want to think of your face as, you know, a timeline. If you're going to sit down and insert 20 threads starting at 25 years old all over your face, every whatever, you're going to induce a little bit of scar tissue underneath your skin. So what are you going to have left when you're 35, 45, 55? And so you, this is what I say, like, if you're, if you're considering your doctor to be the architect of your face, you want to make sure that they're thinking in the future for your face. Long term. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't, I, it's not because I want people just to stick with me. That's not the case. If you don't like me, leave me. But when you find your cosmetic physician, 
it's important to find the one that you like and stick with them because you have a history and you know how you're growing for the future. If you have a million chefs in the kitchen, you don't know if the other one added salt or olive oil or butter or whatever, and you're going to become super salty or super buttery or super, you know, so you have to make sure that you're sticking with that one person and coming up with a plan together. Damn you, Lena, for leaving LA once again. I'm just kidding. I'm happy for her. I'm happy for her. She got a house. It's all happening. But, uh-huh. you know, Lena, you did leave me high and dry. That's fine. Um, I'll find somebody else. Maybe maybe Dr. Shireen has a friend in LA. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about getting the thread lips. I mean... I'm 35, so I'm out of that area, you know? Like... I'm just starting to, like you said, I'm in that first group where, where somebody comes to you and is like, I'm looking different. And it's a little bit of a panic. Um, but again, I'm working on it. I'm in therapy. Like I'm doing everything I can. I'm about to have kids. My whole life's about to change. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. we're just trying to do a couple little good Things adjustments. Yeah. Yes. Little being the keyword. Don't go overboard. Yes. Yeah. I can totally see how people go overboard though. It's scary. I mean, I have a patient, she's an actress. I adore her and she's stuck in California. So she went to someone else there, which is fine. Very reputable person who I actually respect. And she called me almost in tears because her bill was very high. Number one. And I asked, why was your bill so high? And she was like, well, they put 12 threads in my face (gasps) and she's in her early thirties. And I said, 12 threads in your face. I didn't believe it. So I was like, can you get the, you know, I just want to see. And I was kind of shocked, you know, like you have to just be careful, you know, and ask questions as a patient. The, the most important person who's going to advocate for yourself is yourself. And so always ask questions. Why do I need that many? Can we get along with less? Do you think we need more? And yes, maybe if you need more, I'll come back. You know, it's like, it's not like a one-time deal where if you don't do it, you're never going to get the chance to go back again. And so really do your homework even while you're there you know in front of the person it's okay ask the questions if you're not asking the no one else is and so you're gonna get kind of taken for a ride yeah i think that's a really beautiful point is to ask questions um because again depending on the environment they can create an environment that makes you feel really pressured I, which is uh, yeah i it's not it's not right and if you feel that way if you're feeling pressured or you're feeling uncomfortable it's okay to say, like, Leave. Sorry, I'll come back. And if you come back, yes. if you don't, don't. You know what I mean? Like, no one is holding a gun to your head and telling you you have to do this. So are you saying a lot of the people we see on TV have threads? I think they probably more people than you would think have threads in their face. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, okay. So next question I have for you. Um I don't know. I was wondering if you could help me debunk something that I recently found. I watched this YouTube video that was going around and I should have written down the name of the doctor, but it was a guy and he said basically that he's going to really lighten up on fillers because filler actually doesn't ever dissolve. It just slowly spreads out over your face over time. And that's why a lot of older women sort of have like round flat faces. I don't know if that's true, but I was wondering what you think of that. Is it true that filler doesn't really ever dissolve? So I don't think that's true because otherwise, you know, how would you, because I don't think that's true based on my work. Otherwise you can explain people looking, you know, you know what I mean? Like they need it after a while. That's number one. Number two, I have not been in practice for like 30 years. Okay. However, 
I've worked with people, you know, very respectable people who have been in practice for over 30 years. And I would see their Polaroids from the early 90s to like the now, because they had Polaroids back then. And honestly, and I say this, you know, with 100% belief, they looked better today than they did when they started. Wow. I truly, truly believe it's all about how it's done. And I really believe people believe that more is more when that is not the case. I saw an Insta story where <laughs> this person was basically proud of the fact that her before and after had 15, ML, 15 syringes of filler in the person's face. Oh. And the person looked lifted, yes, but she had 50 goes, and the caption was, this is 15 mLs of filler. It doesn't have to look done. And I thought to myself, you, need, you don't need that much filler not to look done. You know what I mean? There's really an art to it um, where you can get away with using two syringes max on a whole face. And I think probably what that doctor was referring to are those people who are getting overblown with right. so much filler. And it's a lack of education, even though they're probably within the educating space. And I think it's a lack of being detail-oriented. I think not. I think it's not fair to say it's lack of education because they are educating, but I think it's a lack of a. It's a difference in aesthetic and a lack of being detail oriented. I'd put it that way, um, because you can get away with a lot with very little, and a little can be dramatic, and you can still look like yourself. So that doctor, and I, I wonder if I know who you're talking about, um, is right to a certain extent. And I do think there's a big dichotomy between the West Coast and the East Coast when it comes to aesthetics. And on the West Coast, like I'll tell patients, like you're probably used to getting like four syringes per side when I'm talking about doing two to three syringes total on your face versus like eight. Um, and they often are like, yeah. And I'm like, there you go. I think it's like they want, it's a different aesthetic. You know, it's like a different designer. You know, if you, if right. you are like, on the east coast you're wacky and out there on the west coast you right. know so um i think that's really important i mean that that made me feel much better <laughs> yeah. you know? so, there is some truth to it but i just think it's all a matter of you know being in moderation everything in moderation oh yeah Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, yeah. Okay, my next question is about lasers, and you yeah. sort of talked about those already um, because there's just so many lasers, and the prices and the strengths of them is so varying. Um, what are like some of the like hot lasers right now? Like you did bring a couple up. You said the uh, the Fraxel, but like what are like the cool hot lasers right now? What are we doing right now? Okay, here's the deal with anything new. Everything great was once new, but not everything new is great. Okay, so people yep. have to calm down on that. A lot of it is marketing. A lot of it is whether or not it's Instagrammable and the hype, and that doesn't necessarily translate to better results. And so, you know, like, you can't argue also tried and true. 
And yep. you know, I'm not like somebody who doesn't like to evolve. I actually evolve a lot, but am I somebody who jumps on the bandwagon of something new? No, I'd rather see what other people go through first and see whether or not I want to subject my patients to that. Do you know what I mean? Very fair. I'm telling you, you are honest. She's telling it like it is, sweetie. Yeah, so there's no point. There is no point at all because hopefully life is long and your relationships with your patients are going to be long and your patient with your doctor if you're listening is going to be long and so there's no point in trying to jump on the newest and quote-unquote greatest technology when it might prove to be not so great in six months that's true so with that all being said what are the lasers <laughs> that you <laughs> <laughs> okay um i mean listen my tried and trues are Althera. i love mm -hmm. I love V-Beam. I love Thermage. All of those have been around for a long time and have very good track records. Um, you know, I, my eyes are open towards the body treatments that are coming out. You know, M-Sculpt got a lot of buzz last year, within the last year and a half. That uh, Plexiform pen, you know that pen that like burns the skin that you've seen on Instagram? You've seen it. it makes those well, I don't... I I don't like that. I don't like it either. And I, I'm actually not pro that at all, but I'm just curious to see how that hype dies down. Um, right. It's probably going to pop up more, but I'm just watching it from afar and seeing how people are actually um, marketing it. I don't think they're marketing it truthfully 100%. Um, what else? I mean, cool. What is a treatment that you've done that you've seen really good results on? Truthfully? Like laser wise, you mean? Yeah. I will tell you, when I first did Althera, I was probably mm -hmm. 29 as a test, right? And I thought, this treatment sucks. I don't see any difference. I was 29, right? My skin was tighter. It wasn't until I saw pictures of myself two, three years later that I noticed the change, especially in my eyelids. And I have those pictures on my phone. I show them to patients because they see me in real time and then they'll see me on the picture where my lid right here that you could see was heavier and coming down. Wow. Um, and so that one I'm always in awe of because I really thought it sucked and I wouldn't recommend it for like the first two years because on myself, I was like, it didn't really, you know what I mean? Even though it doesn't, right. mean, it doesn't work on yourself, but I didn't love it. And now I truly am a firm believer that if you do it lightly every couple of years, not all the time, it can really make a dramatic change over time on your face. How long does it take for the results to show after you do it? So most people... I'm so, getting married in February. I'm trying to time this. <laughs> okay. I mean, you probably want to do it now-ish because it takes six months for full effect. And I'll tell you, most people start to notice the differences, you know, three to four weeks in, you know? Um, and but what's the downtime like? What's the recovery like? Is it like intense? No, it's the treatment itself hurts like a mofo. We usually medicate, <laughs> you know, give laughs, mm -hmm. you know, make it easier for you. And then once you're done, you're done. Are you going to feel sore along your jawline? Yeah, you are for like up to like a week to two weeks. You may have bruising. You know, I've seen that in a handful of patients, but a handful out of thousands. Um, you may have some swelling or welting because of the way that the energy is delivered, but that goes away and it's nothing permanent. And all I will tell you is just be very careful. You're going to go online, look it up on real self, blah, 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 and see people who claim that their faces have fallen off or melted. Never happened. I don't that know. That doesn't sound too bad to me. <laughs> they they post Get a new face, pictures. you know? The pictures are really insane that you see, and they're very scary. And I have spoken to a bunch of people who've told me either one of two things. They buy the tips from Amazon, not Amazon, but some like <gasps> third-party distributor that oh, are not, no. not real tips. 
So you have to be very careful. And so it might be delivering way too much energy and burning you and melting your fat. Or they're not following the right protocol for numbing. And when they inject underneath the skin to numb and then apply the energy, you create hot pockets of heat that can cause, you know, irregularities. So you have to really know who you're going to and where they're getting their stuff and how they're doing it. I'm telling you, if that's one thing everyone can take from this is don't scrimp when it comes to your face. If the deal is too good to be true, sweetie, it's too good to be true, okay? Yeah. You got to go to somewhere trustworthy I mean, and, and pay up. If it was too good to be true and you had a good result, you were lucky. You know what I mean? Good for you. Right. But move on, you know? Yes. Whew. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, Dr. Shireen, a couple more questions um, personal to me. How do I get all the gook out of my nose pores once and for all? I'm telling you, I look in the mirror and I just see all those little pores. How the hell do I get them out of my damn nose? You're looking at a magnifying mirror. I'm looking at the regular mirror. <laughs> you are? You don't have a magnifying mirror? Yeah, man. How do I get these damn pores clean? Because, you know, again, you go to the facial, but then they're they're empty, and then they're full again in an hour. But, like, I just want to look in the mirror and not see those damn nose pores. I'll tell you this. I think over time it will get better if you start to exfoliate more regularly with a chemical exfoliant, okay? Salicylic yes. acid works better if you have greasy skin, although I am a fan of glycolic acid and, you know, it's, it's my go-to acid of choice. Um, so exfoliate regularly, meaning three times a week. Don't over exfoliate because if you exfoliate more than once a day, you're going to inherently and kind of ironically overcreate oil. That might make things yep. um, I would tell you start using a retinol or a retin-A, especially on your nose if that's where you're getting the blackheads. Because your nose is not likely to be as sensitive as the rest of your face where you're going to get flaky. So you can probably, your, your nose can probably take it and take it faster than the rest of your face. Um, so those two things alone, I think, might make a huge difference. And believe it or not, make sure you're washing your face before you go to sleep. Get your makeup off. Don't sleep with your makeup. You know, like that celebrity who said that I sleep with my makeup every night and I'm fine. It's just like, don't do I that. can't. Just don't no, do you're it. doing the devil's work. No. Yeah, you are. And not yeah. just that, you also have a team of 100 people looking after you every single day. That not everybody has that. So just don't sleep with your makeup. Really take care of your skin and avoid the sun because over time, as we age and with sun exposure, our elasticity gets weaker due to the sun ruining our skin. And if you're somebody who's prone to having larger pores, they're going to look larger as we age. So I'm sitting in this room right now and the wind, the, the sun is hitting my face, but I'm not outside. So should we be putting sunscreen on every day, even if we're in the house? If you're somebody who's sitting next to a window, yes. If you're living in a okay. black hole, no. But if you're sitting next to a window and you're somebody who has a lot of sunlight coming through and you're really feeling it, and you know when you're feeling the sun on your face, then yes. I would say using sunscreen, reapplying every two to three hours, you know, being smart about it is key. Thanks. <laughs> oh, okay. I have one more question for me. Uh -huh. um, so again, we were talking about the couch. Um, my couch, uh -huh. honey, <laughs> around my mouth. Uh -huh. This is all just getting this hyperpigmentation. I mean, it's really interesting. And I honestly think it's getting worse. Um, so how would someone, and I know there's all these treatments, so you maybe can name a couple, but, but also products or just any general skincare. You just said a few things, but how can we treat like stubborn hyperpigmentation or stubborn melasma, especially like I know a lot of women get it where I have it. Okay. Kind of this Fu Manchu moment. 
how do we treat this? I know you rec- you use a Skin Medica serum, or you mentioned it in your Into the Gloss article. Like, do I need to get that? Well, listen, melasma versus hyperpigmentation are two different things. Melas- yeah, I don't know which one I have. Melasma is a beast, and hyperpigmentation mm-hmm. can be tamed. Okay. Okay. So if you have melasma, how do we know which one we have? Melasma fluctuates. Okay. And I feel like I have that. It fluctuates with heat. It fluctuates with hormones. It fluctuates with birth control pills. It can even fluctuate if you have your period, if you get, when you get pregnant. It just comes and goes. It's a shitty little B I T C H, you know? Yeah, yeah. And a you, shitty little bitch. You can say it. Yeah. It really sucks. And it usually just affects women because it tends to be hormonal, hence the bitch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, it sucks. It totally sucks. And you just have to learn your triggers. And it's a lifelong thing. And you're going to have to be on top of it. And whether or not that's, you know, once a year doing something for your skin that keeps it at bay, do it. Now, big but, I don't believe in lasers for melasma. And I know a lot of dermatologists do. And a lot recommend some that are more, you know, lighter in heat and less aggressive. And I respect that, you know, and studies have shown. But from my experience, from my patient's experience, I tend to shy away from the lasers when it comes to melasma. Will I do it if somebody has a big event and they want to look good like in a month? Yeah. Will I do it if somebody's trying to do that just to maintain their melasma forever? No, because I do think it can rebound lives. And I so, feel like mine's gotten worse if I've tried. I did like a peel and yeah, made it way worse. Yeah, you got to be careful. And so this is where you have to know the ingredients that you're using on your face. That one by Skin Medica Lytera has tranexamic acid in it. And studies have shown in the last, it came out, I think it was end of last year or 2018. I'm getting my years confused with COVID. But basically that the oral form of tranexamic acid can help approximately 60 to 70% of people with melasma to help and clear it. Now, we have not been using it long enough to know how long-term that is. And so for some patients, I recommend, you know, maybe putting them on that, you know, every May through June, July, throughout the summer when the heat is at mm-hmm. a you know, and kind of watching them and seeing how they progress. Um, so that's an option. So there's a pill that you could potentially take if you're the right candidate. Um, but you can also use that pill in a topical form, like in Lytera. SkinCeuticals also has one called Discoloration Defense that also has it. The SkinCeuticals one is a smaller one. I think half the size, half the price. You can try that one first. Um, you know, same thing, same kind of idea. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Um, I'm going to let you go. My listener sent so many questions in. Um, th- so I'm going to get just rapid fire two questions. The first one, I feel everyone is asking this right now. How can we prevent mask pimples? We're all getting pimples from having to wear masks. Uh-huh. Is there something in our routine we can do to kind of help combat these, ma- what I'm calling macne, mask oh, acne? Macne. I have two right here right now. It's really I don't get this that often, but I'm getting from these damn masks and I'm on the train of the masks, everybody. Let's just get it clear. I definitely think we should wear them, but what do we do about these zits? Number one, wash your masks every day. The same okay, thing, yeah. wash your underwear every day, or at least I hope you do. Wash your masks every day because it's such a you know humid environment. Number two, less is more. Don't use thick, heavy moisturizers. Swap them out for very lightweight. If anything, you might not even need a moisturizer right now. If you are really getting bad breakouts or your skin feels raw because you're wearing the mask so much, you can even consider using a barrier cream like a diaper cream. It's under the mask. Who cares? It's hidden. But think of it as a true. 
your face is your new baby. The face is the new baby butt. Okay. That's true. You want to protect your face. So you can use the barrier cream if you're getting raw, you know, in certain places. Now for the breakouts to minimize the actual oil production, you might want to consider adding a benzoyl peroxide wash a couple of times a week on your face to keep the bacteria at bay. And I think just kind of cutting the moisturizer, washing with a benzoyl peroxide every couple of days, making sure you wash your mask, and maybe even trying to use a barrier cream in the areas where you feel you're getting raw or cuts or abrasions will make a big difference. This has been so enlightening and I could talk to you forever, but I'm going to let you go because honey, I, I know that you're a busy woman. You're a businesswoman, you're a mother, you're a wife, and you're killing it. And Dr. Shireen Idris, this has been my absolute delight. Um, could you please, for anyone who doesn't know, um, tell us where we can find you on the internet. Tell us about Pillow Talk Derm and when you do it. Tell us about your practice and where we can come find you and any other information you'd like us to know. So I am, you said my name, so that's who I am. That's right. <laughs> um, my Instagram is my name. I have four E's in my name and two S's in the end. So just You have a lot of E's and I's. My parents messed me up. I, you know, my dog is <laughs> the simplest name on purpose because I really got screwed by my parents. Parents. but that's my Instagram name is at Shereen Idris and I do pillow talk derm honestly haphazardly maybe once a week yeah. a few times a week depending on when I can I never want it to feel like it has to be forced I do it when I just do it and when you get a chance to learn you get a chance to learn and we all have fun together and I've been recently doing this one night stand series where I'm interviewing people that I respect within the beauty space um, so tonight for instance we have Bobby Brown in an hour and a half so Ooh, baby we're on um, and I am practicing in New York City in Union Square. Um, and I have a website called pillowtalkderm.com, but I'm not very good at updating it. But my Instagram is probably the place where I keep it the most up to date. And my YouTube, I'm trying to be on top of that, but it's really hard. I'm a one person show. So I, I'm trying to figure out how to manage, you know, social and work and life and kids and a husband and everything. And I just want to say to everybody, um, you clearly can tell from this interview that, you know, Dr. Shireen is a no-nonsense educated lady and she's given it to us straight. Her Instagram has so much information. She has Insta stories saved. A lot of y'all asked me about your hands being super dry from washing. She has this product she recommended. Do you remember what it's called? It's like a hand, hand cream. cream. Yeah, hands, hardworking hands or what was it called? Yeah. Okay. So she's okay. got, yeah. It, it keeps hand cream. She's got everything there. So everybody go throw her a follow and, and just learn and learn and educate yourselves. She's making us all feel and look more beautiful and we're thankful to her. And I'm thankful for you for coming on Natchbute today. So thank you so much. I'm grateful you have for having me, for you for having me. Is that, is that right? It was so fun. And I'm going to I'm gonna come see you at some point. Anytime, um, so get ready for that. Anytime, anytime, anytime. Thank you so much. I'm going to get my Althera on, honey. <laughs> oh my God. You're going to be cussing me out while you get it. It's painful. Don't say I didn't warn you. I'm I'm ready. I have such a high pain tolerance for beauty pain because um, I did pageants as a child. So like I've been pr pricked and sticked and creamed and I, I'm ready, honestly. Okay. I'm excited for you. Whenever you want. Whenever you want, I'm okay. to meet you. I'll see you there, hon. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening. You deserve to be happy. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. You deserve to be happy. And don't forget to cream that neck and keep your fringe fresh. Dr. Shireen, do you cream your neck? Absolutely. Neck and chest. Star Bands Audio. A, podca <clears throat> A podcast network.